Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Um, well, we're the emerging generation, so what politicians hear from us is what's going to matter in however many years until we're voting. What we say matters because we're going to be in control really soon. Welcome to Women on the Line, a national women's current affairs program produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on Wondery Country of the Kulin Nations and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Aoife Cook. Calls to free incarcerated children on Nauru are increasing and growing louder. Refugee campaigners, doctors, NGOs, activists and innumerable concerned and distraught individuals and communities from across the country are demanding kids off Nauru. A groundswell of voices are, we hope, pushing towards change. And children across Australia are joining in and speaking up for their peers in detention. In this week's Women on the Line, I speak to two young people who've spent many weeks organising a children's march for Nauru in Melbourne. Later in the show, we also chat to Gabrielle de Vietri from the Artist Committee, who initiated the event. This show also features Iranian singer and musician Gelareya Poor. First, we'll hear from Romy and Nia. We sat down to chat before the Children's March, scheduled for Sunday the 21st of October, but you should be able to find photos and information online. Yeah, my name's Naya, I'm 16 years old and I'm from Melbourne Youth for Refugees, but we're currently changing our name to Melbourne Youth with Refugees. I'm Romy, I'm 14 and um, I've been to a lot of marches and I do try and get involved in activism stuff, but... This is the first time that I've helped organise one, so... Can you describe what life is like for kids on Nauru and why this is so important to you to deal with? Um, yeah, well, life on Nauru for these kids in camps is absolutely awful. Um, it's completely unimaginable because so many of these kids have been taught to believe that they will never come to Australia, that they will never seek safety or live in a land where they're welcome. So, like, so many of them are depressed and, like, their mental health is just deteriorating and they're just losing hope if they haven't already. Yeah, and on top of the horrible way they're being treated, they're being, you know, they're not getting any sort of health care benefits or no one's no one's looking out for them. On top of that, there's no no one's letting them know what's happening either. No one's saying, you're going to be in this camp for another month. No one's saying everything's going to be fine, you'll end up... You know, every, everything's... They don't know what's going on. They've, they're have they here and then they're there and then they're in this horrible place where our government is treating them completely awfully and not telling them why or giving them any sense of hope. Yeah, and as you said, pretty unimaginable in a yeah. way. What do you think are the biggest difficulties to success on getting kids off Nauru? Um, what 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 do you think makes it so hard? Why do we need to fight and shout for this? Well, obviously we are not in control of what our border control does, what our government says about 
refugees and and especially as young people there's not that much that we can do right here right now you know we can't we can't go replace Dutton and un, you know undo everything that's been said and done and we can't we can't even vote in elections so we just want to make it clear what we do think and hopefully that will that will change some people's minds and help some people think about it because yeah that that's pretty much all we can do at the moment yeah but it's really positive yeah yeah I think that one of the biggest challenges for them would be the fact that amongst themselves from like what I've heard they've just started to believe that no one in Australia cares about them or wants them and so even if they are being given education opportunities in Nauru if they have fled their country in the hopes of coming to Australia and then being told essentially that they're not wanted and they're a pest for society, then that's going to be a massive struggle for them in terms of success because they've come to like they've come to believe that no one wants them to succeed or have a happy, safe life. Yeah. And do you think parts of the campaigning, like Rami, you said that it's about telling the politicians what you want as young people, but do you think part of it is also telling the young people on Nauru that you care? Yeah, totally. Yeah, but... Because all they're really told, you know, they're not really told anything. They're just... they Actions speak louder than words, and it is the Australian government, and it is Australia who is detaining them and putting them through this horrible, horrible stuff. And so, obviously, you are going to feel like the nation that is doing this to you hates you but we just want to stand up and say we don't hate you we we don't we don't stand with what our government is doing yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah good it's hard though and when you're talking about and dealing with difficult issues like this are there things that you guys do for yourselves to take care of yourself so that you can kind of keep it sustainable and keep yourselves safe not everyone takes it on board you guys have chosen to do that to to help make other people's lives better but how do you deal with it like um personally i haven't learned much about activism self-care through human rights but i'm also an animal rights activist and there's this activist she's a neuropsychologist and so her book is staying positive in a beeped up world (laughs) an effed up world she talks about activism um and says that like the major thing for helping other people or helping other beings or species is that you can't help anyone else if you're deteriorating yourself to do that so I think after learning that um that's been like a major change in my activism like making sure I take time out if I need and just taking things slow because ultimately you can't help other people if you aren't taking care of yourself yeah I mean I don't I don't feel like I have to consciously think about how it's affecting me I obviously there's always bad horrible things happening in the world and you know, we all have to read about them in the news unless we don't read the news. I just kind of go to school every day and, you know, focus on my own life as well. Women on the line. So Hugh Jackman tweeted a couple of weeks ago. Is movie star? The okay. Hugh Jackman, yes. He tweeted about the treatment of children on offshore detention centres and, and how he doesn't stand with that. 
and um, he plays Wolverine in X Men. So we made a we made a chant to specific to that. Let's do it. What would Wolverine do? Get kids off Nauru. What would Wolverine do? Get kids off Nauru. What would Wolverine do? Get kids off Nauru. I suppose a question that often gets, or something that often gets said about young people involved in in these kind of bigger political issues, is that um, you, you know you don't think this for yourself. Your brainwash. Can you? Could you tell me how you learn about this stuff, where you hear about it, and who you've conversations with about these issues? Um, well, I think when I first started to form my own opinions and become political, um, I just kind of taught myself. I mean, my family is like supportive of my activism, but they're not political, so I would never have even been given the opportunity to be brainwashed because... I learnt all of the facts myself, everything I wanted to know. And what do you do? Do you read the news or do you check out videos online or what kind of...? Um, yeah, so I read the news. I am, I'm part of various refugee movements and we have continuous like activism updates and updates on what's happening in Manus and Nauru. Yeah, OK. And what about you, Rami? Um, well, my parents are quite political, but... Again, I found out a lot of stuff myself and, um, yeah, I, I learn... I do learn about it from people in my life, but I don't feel that they're pushing opinions onto me. I feel like they're presenting me with information and I'm coming to my own conclusions about it. Cool. And who do you have conversations with? Um, my friends, my teachers, my parents, pretty much anyone who'll listen. <laughs> Everyone's around. How do you guys find in, um, and I always think this is a really good question for everyone involved in campaigning, not just young people, how do you find talking about these issues with people you don't agree with? Or do you? Or do you avoid those conversations? It's difficult. Yeah, it's <laughs> very hard. I, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> uh, I Sometimes, especially if it's issues that are close to home, can get kind of aggressive and unpleasant and then so at this point I just try and avoid I try and focus on directing my activism at the silent majority at people who don't know about it or don't feel like they can speak up about it instead of people who've made up very firm opinions that are very different to mine because yeah I just try and avoid it and does that work in school yes uh Sometimes if you set up activism that is on one side of a political spectrum, people from the other side will become attracted to it, which is hard. But in the end, it's only so fun to kind of stir up a fuss and after a while, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll even out. I don't know. And what's your approach, Naya? Do you tend to jump in hands and feet and um, try and win, or are you more...? Yeah, so I've been in like heavily um, involved with the issue for a while, so I've had a lot of conversations, mostly with those who support me, but on the occasion, people that don't support me. And I think the one thing I've learnt um, in like dealing with those conversations and dealing with people that just completely disagree with you is that not many people have 
like intentional like no one has the intention of like going out of their way to harm these children or these men or these families on Manus and Nauru it just comes from a place of lack of understanding or fear and so I think that one of the things like when I'm getting into one of those conversations with people that really disagree with me is to just kind of acknowledge and appreciate the fact that these people just either have no idea what's going on or they're scared of these people and I think that's really helped me because I can kind of come to them from a place of compassion rather than frustration. From northern Iran, a Persian lullaby, Alatiti, has a parent asking the moon to come out and brighten the night sky to ease their child's fear of the dark. Singer and musician Gelaray Poor is also involved with the Children's March. Yeah, so I started going to RAC, which is Refugee Action Collective. Um, they're all amazing. I was quite involved with them, um, yeah, for a little while. I found there was not many young people like myself that, I mean, like, while there were young people at rallies in terms of organising and being more heavily involved in between those big events, there just weren't enough young people. So I set up... Um, earlier this year Melbourne Youth for Refugees or with Um, so I've just been really busy with that and trying to build campaigns for us as a movement to support refugees and what kind of actions and tactics do you use Um, so mainly because a lot of our members are young and like obviously non-confrontational if they're new to activism 
we've mainly been focusing on like information outreach as we recently organised a forum which I think we had like 50 attendees it was how young people can help refugees so we had activists come in and people from the ASRC and refugees with lived experience. And the ASRC is the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. Yeah. And you mentioned that you've been to other protests? Um, yeah I generally go to the Invasion Day March and a lot, I've been to quite a few refugee focused marches and stuff like that. And you see a strong connection between the Invasion Day March and the refugee marches? Well, yeah. I guess Australia is racist in some ways and yeah, it's 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 all racism. <laughs> it's yeah. And you're stamping your feet to get things moving on that. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm part of my school's feminist collective and um, yeah, we, we, we just started, we just formed last year um, and at the moment we're working on stuff within our school, year eight, yeah we just started in, yeah I was in year seven, so we're pretty new but... What's the plan? The plan is, well we've made a video, we've made a PSA, public service announcement, about um, gendered language and we're putting that throughout our school, trying to get people to, you know, rethink how they talk about gender. Um, and we're doing the video alongside with a poster campaign and we'll be putting um, videos and GIFs about it um, on online and doing online advertisements about it. When we started, it was like an everyone's invited open doors thing like 50 people came to the first meeting which was amazing but like six of them were there to just say oh I identify as a teacup and you know it's it's women's fault if they get raped if they're dressed like sluts and we we had to deal with that for like a few months it was it was actually pretty awful so now we're a 10 person club (laughs) 10 to 15 Great. And we get a lot more done and more and more people start to join and they find that it's a much more inclusive and inviting space. And sometimes we do a lot of work on our PSA and sometimes we just sit and talk about whatever is on our mind. It's, it's actually a really amazing club to be a part of. It's a really amazing community to be a part of. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, Women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> This chant is something that Scott Morrison said um, in response to Safe Schools, talking about trans kids and education about about transness. Um, and he said, let kids be kids, kind of implying that knowledge about trans rights is is taking away childhood, which it really isn't because how how can a kid be a kid if they're not being themselves? Um, so we made a chant in response to that. He, he himself isn't letting kids be kids, isn't giving kids their right to childhood by detaining them in detention centres. So let kids be kids. Let kids be kids. Let kids be kids. Let kids be kids. 
you made some banners over the weekend. Can you describe them? So there's one that I made um, out of like a yellow baby blanket that my grandma made for me and my sister when we were babies. Um, and I sewed old kind of clothes and, and bits of fabric I had in my house, cut out letters and sewed on the phrase, childhood is a right, um, onto the banner. And it's about my arm span. So how big is that? It's a two-person banner. So we had a banner painting session a while ago as Melbourne Youth with Refugees um, in preparation for our very first contingent at a rally. So we're going to be bringing that banner along. It's, I think, three by one metres. It's massive. It's fully rainbow. And then in black text says Youth for Refugees just because we wanted to show that as young people... We're like standing and marching in solidarity with all the people on Manus and Aru and offshore detention. Nurture, don't torture, children are the future. Nurture, don't torture, children are the future. Nurture, don't torture, children are the future. I'm Gabrielle Devietri. I'm an artist and part of the Artist Committee, which is co hosting the March for Children on Nauru, the Children's March. So the Artist Committee formed last year in 2017. It's a group of artists from all disciplines and arts workers um, to work around issues that bring, that kind of sit at the intersection of arts and ethics and money, I guess, um, and politics. Um, So we kind of, our first and biggest thing that we've done so far is to um, work on the commercial relationship between the National Gallery of Victoria and Wilson Security based on um, Wilson Security's contract to patrol the offshore detention centres on Manus Island and Nauru. So over about six months we um, staged various interventions at the National Gallery of Victoria um, that would force them to kind of choose between their public reputation and their contract with Wilson Security. And eventually they dropped Wilson Security earlier this year, along with other major cultural institutions who didn't want to be targeted next. Um, Yeah, so that was our main campaign. And then after a bit of personal care and recuperation, we worked on... We felt like we needed to come back to the issue... And why did you start organising with children and young people? I guess um, what really worked at the time of organising around the National Gallery of Victoria and Wilson was that it um, contributed to a groundswell of movement ar- around getting the, um, the men on Manus Island released, which they were but not fully, um, of course, um, but... Uh, And I think that, again, the same applies with this children's march is that there's a groundswell around the fact that these children are are suffering so much. And so we feel like we're best placed to amplify that groundswell. Um, And a lot of the people in the Artist Committee are parents. um, And so we kind of tapped into that understanding of how universally precious childhood is and reached out to work with young people here in Australia to amplify their voices, calling for an end to mandatory detention and offshore processing. Um, So a question for all of you, um, which is the key question, I think. What do children and young people bring to a campaign that adults don't or can't? 
Um, well, we're the emerging generation, so what politicians hear from us is what's going to matter in however many years until we're voting. What we say matters because we're going to be in control really soon. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's specific issues that apply to children as well, like, like the matter of detaining children. Like, I'm pretty sure the UN recognises childhood as a human right, the right to play and to, be, to have a, a, a period of innocence at the beginning of your life where you don't have to be opened up to how beeped up the world is. And, and so I, I think it's important to see a group of people who do get that privilege saying, well, well we recognise that you guys don't have that and, and we, and, and, yeah, we're not okay with that. A really important part about my activism is making sure that I'm not speaking over those with lived experience. Anyone that has experienced this should have their voice enhanced by the movement. Yeah, yeah it's okay. a really hard balance to find between kind of speaking over people who are going through yeah. bad, horrible stuff and, and kind of not standing up for something that's... Yeah, I just think those that, like, have actually experienced it I think their voices should matter more and yeah. sometimes they're not really, it's yeah. not really shown, but like it should be. And in this particular instance, because we're dealing with children um, and because we're dealing with traumatised people, it is very hard to turn an opportunity, to turn, I guess, to kind of get that balance between a request yeah. and an opportunity and... Um, make that space available within what we have what we're doing to be influenced by people with lived experience if they desire but also not to ask that of them mm. to for them to provide content for our yeah. so it is a delicate balance and i think it's just something that always needs to be in in discussion you've been listening to Nia, Romy and Gabrielle Advocates for Refugees and co-organisers of the Children's March for Nauru. Music was by Gelarea Poor. Women on the Line is a national women's current affairs programme made for community radio. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We'd love to hear your thoughts or comments about the programme, so please send an email to womenontheline at gmail.com and you can also find us on Facebook or Twitter.